Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Epic Fantasy Romance. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Today is, oh, I didn't even sip, Jesus. Oh, and I need it too. Clearly, I need it. Today is Monday, uh, February 27th. We're almost done with February. Flew by. <clears throat> I feel like my camera's off. That's better. I, uh, before I got started this morning, I recorded me a TikTok video. Why do I have to say it in that voice? I don't know. Um, you know, it's just one of those things that tech ramp up. You always just feel like a dork doing it. Um, so I did a, a little 60 second video, uh, reminding everyone, and I shall remind you that the Orchid Throne is on sale for a couple more days, ebook for $3.99. Uh, so if this is like a bunged up copy, but look how pretty the font is. I still love that they gave it the silvery font. Yeah. And the crown. It's such a pretty cover. Uh, so Orchid Throne, you can get it for $3.99. If you go to my website, you can get paper copies from me, signed ones from the web store. The trilogy is complete. Second book, Fiery Crown. Third book, Promised Queen. If you've been listening for a long time, you know all this. But if you're new, this might be news. Um, so it's slow burn, epic fantasy romance, right on brand. Uh, same hero, heroine throughout. She is uh, the queen of a paradisical island, holding on by her fingernails. He is a former slave, escaped, and who has started a rebellion. And they call him the Slave King. And she is enjoined by the tyrannical emperor to stop the Slave King at all costs. So she arranges to capture him with intent to execute, doing her job. Um, and then uh, the slow burn kicks in. Uh, yeah, I really love this series. It's, uh, it's my pandemic series. Uh, the Orchid Throne released September 2019 and was getting some really nice momentum. And the Fiery Crown, I, I had all of these plans. I had big book launches and tours and all kinds of stuff for Fiery Crown. Um, and it came out in May of 2020. So guess what? No, absolutely not. So, you know, it's funny. I, I don't know if... Uh, how much impact pandemic had on it, but there it is. I feel like a lot of people still don't know about this series. So here I is on the ticks and the talks, um, trying to make my little videos. So, um, but there's always, that's an old series working on the new series today. I am <laughs> going back to the amethyst job yet again. Um, I shouldn't sound. How do I sound? How do I feel? Aggravated? Uh, I'm not. I'm not. I, I need to. <laughs> I feel like I'm never, ever, ever going to really dig into Rogue Familiar. But that's probably going to be the case until I get amethyst job out. Um, for those of you who don't know, this is a new world, new series, and one that is going to uh, my agent to go on submission to Trad. 
what? Cat is crying in the other room. Should we go see what he needs? Uh, right, cat wrangling, part of the brand here. My first cup of coffee. Stand by. Just for those of you who don't know, this is the troublemaker. This is Jackson. He's looking mean because he wants to go outside. And because I brought him in here instead of letting him go outside. I have to go harness him up. Be right back. All right. What was I talking about before cats took over my life? Mm. Amethyst job. So, um, and I apologize to those of you who aren't on video. I forget. Many of you only listen, which is perfectly fine. But sometimes I forget that I reference stuff that's only on the visual. So, so yes, I've gotten comments back from three readers. Um, one of whom has, yeah, one of whom had read the previous iteration of Amethyst Job and two new ones. And I got very interesting feedback. You know, one of the cool things about getting new kinds, getting new readers is they give you new insights. Um, and my friend Kelly Robson, I, I, I want to say Nebula Award winning uh, author, Kelly Robson, gave me some interesting notes and she sent me a message yesterday afternoon saying that she had noticed a persistent weakness in my storytelling if I was interested to hear it. And I said, yeah, hit me. Um, if you're on video, you could see some ear tufts here. There's a kitten here at the corner on my desk. One cat outside, one on my desk. Uh, yeah, so it was interesting to hear her insight. It was something that no one had ever told me before. And I will look to see. I mean, I think I, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, I'm probably going to implement it. Uh, another reader of mine uh, mentioned something else that was something that, so it's interesting. Um I'm trying to think of how to explain this without going into the weeds and maybe I have to go into the weeds. So for instance, um, Jennifer Estep is one of my readers. She sent me notes. She's read it twice for me. And Jennifer has a much more literal brain than I am, uh, she, than I have. She is, um, you know, comes out of like journalism and she, she's very persnickety on details in a way I'm not, which makes her a great reader for me. Um, when I read for her, I'm much more on the thematic side. So I think we, we make a good pairing that way. We don't read everything of each other's. And I think that's something I should clarify because I know many of you out there are interested in critique partners, beta readers, and so forth. Um, I don't have anybody anymore who consistently reads everything um, I write at the revision place, uh, revision stage. I would say assistant Kareen reads absolutely everything I write. Uh, she's the only one I know of. Maybe there are others of you out there, but I know Corrine has read absolutely everything, many of them more than once. Uh, but Jennifer, so she like tagged a line and I'll, I'll pick this one because I think I'm going to end up taking it out <laughs> where one person says, um, you know, it, she's 17 months pregnant which is a very me kind of joke. But Jennifer had tagged it uh, on the first read and said, you know, is she really 17 months pregnant? Do people in this world 
have gestations that long. And I kind of rolled my eyes at her. I'm like, no, Jennifer, it's a joke. It's a joke. Uh, but then my other friend, Alex, read it. And he said that he'd marked some places where he thought I, um, you know, they marked metaphors. And I said, well, but, you know, I, I'm always arguing with copy editors about my metaphorical language. And he said, no, 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 this isn't this. This isn't that he said, and he picked out that 17 months pregnant line. He picked out another one. That was the same one that Jennifer picked out. And he said, the thing is, is when it's a fantasy world and you're just now it's brand new and you're working your way into it, you don't know if that kind of thing is a joke or if that's a world building detail. And I thought, oh, well, that kind of lit the light bulb in my head. So Jennifer picked out the exact same thing, but he explained it in a way that I understood. Uh, so I'll probably have to take out my cherished 17 months pregnant line. Uh, it's not that cherished. You know, we, we talk about like, kill your darlings, kill your babies. That's kind of it. Um, I think it can be misleading because a lot of times we feel like, well, they're not that cherished. You know, it's not actually a darling or a baby, but you know, it's, it is something that you like and that amuses you and you want to keep it and then you don't get to. And it's like, well, fine, fine. So, um, it's interesting. I, I bring this up, I guess, because here I am working on my 64th published title, Rogue Familiar. It will be that if I ever fucking finish this book. Uh, I'm still a ways off. Um, who knows? Maybe Amethyst's job will be 65. Unlikely because trad publishing deadlines are so much longer or timelines are so much longer. Uh, but still, you know, like how many books have I written now? And it's very interesting to get this kind of feedback from, um, you know, from interesting people in my life that have new insights. And this is very important to me. Um, you know, we talk a lot about everybody needs to be edited for many, many years. I was really rabid about that. I need to be edited. I didn't want to become Anne Rice or Pat Conroy. Um, and kind of to my chagrin, I no longer use a developmental editor for my indie stuff. Um, developmental editor or content editor, someone who helps shape the story and make it better. I did for a very long time. Um, but there's a few things to this. First of all, if you are doing your job right, you learn every time that you get edited. So after you've written enough books, you kind of know what you need to do to fix it. Um, and I realize this is somewhat in contradiction to what I was saying before, but stick with me. Uh, so I finally decided that first of all, a developmental editor is expensive. Uh, it would cost me nearly a thousand dollars and it would add on a bunch of time. Uh, and maybe I should go back to that, but now when I'm squeaking past my deadlines, um, yeah, adding you know, like a couple of weeks for a developmental editor to go over it. It just took too long. And I wasn't feeling like 
I was getting the that much value for it, that it was making that much difference in whether the book was good or not. So, but now when I'm working up a new world, doing a new thing like this, it's really great to get this insight from other authors on, uh, yeah, how, you know, it's really interesting that Kelly was able to say, I see a persistent weakness in your storytelling. Um, and I know that she's coming at it with a particular lens too, but it's really valuable to me to be able to see that because it's certainly, it was a blind spot, something that never occurred to me. And it's a fairly easy thing for me to remedy and to see if it really does make a difference. So, um, so yes, today I'm going back to Amethyst job. I am going to put my documents side by side. I'm going into the weeds here because a lot of times you all ask me, how do I do revisions? How do I do edits? So I'm going to take the marked up documents from my three readers and have them open side by side. And I will go through page by page and look at all of their little notes and make the tweaks in my document as I go. Um, depending on how that works, um, I might be able to just do it in little tweaky ways like that. Uh, I might have to go back and do a full pass just to read through to smooth it. Uh, I might wait because uh, Agent Sarah is going to read it next week and she may have some notes for me and I might do a smooth then. I'll sort of see how I feel. Uh, it depends on how much putting in those little tweaks from three different readers, uh, how cohesive that feels. I'm suspecting that it will not be a problem. Uh, there is one thing that Jennifer picked out that was like a, a flaw in the plot logic. Um, just, she asked me, she said, well, why are they only doing this, this, and this? And why did they skip this? And it was frankly, because I forgot. I, it was just a, um, a brain blip on my part. I'm curious to see if the other two readers noticed. They hadn't said anything to me in their notes or conversations. So um, it's interesting, but I think Jennifer is absolutely right. So I'm going to have to weave that in both into the story and the synopsis, but I think it's an easy fix. I don't think that there'll be ripple effects. That's what, that's when you really have to do the smoothing is when you make a change that has ripple effects, but all of the readers and I gratifyingly uh, have said that they're, you know, pretty small things. Um, you know, a few of these metaphors that Alex picked out, uh, I can tell you what Kelly said, um, because it might be useful to some of you. She said she thinks it's a, it's a symptom of me being a pantser, which I totally believe. Uh, she said that I have a tendency to introduce details only when I need them for the story. So at a certain point in the story, I mention an ability that someone has, and it's the first time that I've mentioned it. And she said that she thinks that the, story will be richer. You could almost look at what she says, because I think you all will find it useful. 
Well, it was a back and forth conversation, so it's not easy for me to just read you something that she said. But she said that if I could foreground some of these details, that it would add to the complexity of the world building um, and make for a more immersive experience for the reader. Um, and I, I'm going to sort of go back and forth on this because I do think that some of what I'm trying to do is moving the story forward in a faster way than I normally do. And that's a little bit different than what Kelly does on things. Um, at the same time, I think she's right. I think that she's, uh, that I could pull some of these details up earlier and, and mention them incidentally. I think that's the trick is to mention them incidentally. And I haven't gone through her notes in detail. I will, but she said that she thought that um, some of my, narrative chunks of world building. For those of you who have been listening for a while, you know that Agent Sarah asked me to explain the world more. She's always asking me to explain more. So I know that there are some chunks in there where I just explain the world as as requested, right? Uh, and Kelly said I could tie that more into action in the story to make those blend in. So I'm curious to see what she says about those things. Um, and I need to add like a scene to the end and then I think I'm done and I have to tweak the synopsis if I did not mention them. So, um, I'm really hoping I can get it all done today. Is that unreasonable? That's a girl can dream, right? So, uh, yeah, that's my plan. We'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know that I have a whole lot else to say this morning. Um, I had a good weekend. I got to see people. Uh, I got to do a uh, read-through rehearsal on doing the finalist announcements for the Nebula finalists. That will be next Tuesday. So... Uh, Stay tuned for that. Uh, if all goes well, little Killian here will will have a role in the in the uh, show as well. So, on that note, I'm going to get to work. I hope you all are able to get to work today, working on the thing that you want to work on. I hope it's productive for you. I hope it goes smoothly. Those are the good wishes for today, and uh, maybe tomorrow. Who knows? I'll eventually talk about book boxes. Uh, so you all have a great Monday and I will talk to you tomorrow. You all take care. Bye-bye.